0: It's good to be with you guys. Oh my goodness! It's uh, actually an honor to actually see you in person. Very good to be here. So, can you join me in prayer for a moment before we come to God's word. Father, I just thank you for this time. A where truth is really um, not heard very much. I ask that we thank you that you are truth, Lord. I thank you for your wisdom and your grace. I ask that as we look at your word this evening, that you would speak clearly to each one of us where we're at. And I just thank you for your goodness. We just want to honor what you're going to do this evening, Lord. And we trust your kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. amen. Well, if you were able to join us on Zoom, right when all this started happening, it was kind of interesting Um When I'm developing messages and I'm asking the Lord, what's on your heart? God will give me something. And then we enter into a season and and I'm always asking the Lord, it seems like that thing I taught on didn't have very much impact. And then God has me reteach it at a critical time and it really touches people. And that's what happened to me during this season. If you were with us on Zoom, I talked about at the beginning of this that God had called us into a Kairos moment. And if you know anything about Kairos moments, There are two words in the New Testament for the word time, two Greek words. One is chronos, that means beginning to end. Kairos moments, are are you ready? They're strategic times that are set up for transformation. Now, you guys have watched that we've all lived the last two months. We've listened to one side of the story of what's been going on in human history, but God has another side of the story. With all this stuff going on, God has decided to have a conversation with humanity, and it's all humanity. It's not one city, one family, it's everybody. So God has used what is going on now to have a conversation with people. Now what's interesting is because that we are in a Kairos moment, you guys have to realize that even though we would see it tragically, nothing is going to be the same before we entered into that Kairos moment. Nothing is going to be the same. You're not going to be the same. The culture is not going to be the same. Something is going to be so transformative on the other side of this that you're, God has, during this time, decided to prepare you for that. And so we always say things like this. Well, it's not going to be the same. Guys, this, it is not going to be the same when we come out of this. Even in the body of Christ, things are going to change. God is raising up different things, new leaders. Things have changed. We've entered into a Kairos moment. And then the last month when I was with you, the Lord said, well, this other sermon that you did, now I want you to bring it to them. And we had to talk about the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Now, if you ever have read that, that doesn't make sense to most people. What does it mean, the kingdom of God suffers violence? Does that mean the enemy can just beat up on the kingdom anytime he wants? And then violent people, like the people rioting now, that's how you enter into the kingdom, is you have to, like, throw rocks at things? No, that, that's not what the passage is talking about. The, it's in, that word suffer violence, is, it's using a word in the Greek New Testament that says when the, when the kingdom of God comes in such extreme power that it's the same power that would be used to raise Christ from the dead is what God releases into people's lives, and it has the ability to take them from death to life. And when a person feels that, they suffer, they literally reach for the kingdom of God in a violent way. And that has been going on over the last three months. I've been, now I've only checked into five different ministries, and, and and I know there's more going on, but you guys, If we watch the local news, just to give you a blessing, the local news focuses on disease, destruction, and evil. But that's not God's news. That's not what God's doing. That's what man and fallen man is focusing on. That's not what the Lord is focusing on. So I knew that at the beginning of this, I was sharing this with Paula. I don't know if you guys had heard this. But the first two weeks when they had the shutdown, There was a a bunch of leaders getting together to have a meeting here in Colorado, and they said 20,000 people at the beginning of this in Colorado had come to the Lord. All right, and so I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And then a week later, I'm reading Lee Strobel's Twitter account, and he's saying, oh, in the last uh, three weeks, we've led 1,300 people to the Lord just off of our online broadcast. And then I thought, well, That's, I think, 24,000 is good, the initial thing. And then this young man who had lost his sister was going through a grieving process. And a 48-hour period, a week later, the Lord came to him and said, hey, I'm wanting to use this time. I'm having an eternal conversation with humanity. Advertise on YouTube that you're going to have a day of evangelists presenting the Gospels, Bring these two evangelists into it. You know, the... Pat Robertson and CBN, they actually interviewed the the guy. They actually called it the Quarantine Revival. He did a broadcast on YouTube. A hundred and thirteen thousand people came to the Lord in one day worldwide from that. Greg Lowry said their ministry online has led over thirty thousand people to the Lord while this has been going on. Now, what have I just told you? News from the kingdom of God. What is God doing? God is having an eternal conversation with humanity. I was joking with Paula when this first started, and I said, have you ever noticed when when prophets stand up and they talk about revival, they're always like, this is going to come, it's going to come. And they say it so many times, you're like, yeah, I don't know if this is ever going to come. And I said to Paula, have you ever noticed in the United States, we believe that when God does something, he does it the way we perceive reality as Americans. So how do I want God to touch our country and bring him to the Lord? I want to go on a trip to the Bahamas. I want to lay and get a suntan. And when I come back, we're right in the middle of revival. Like nothing has to happen. God just kind of has to do it like how we do things. I just go from one happy event to another and boom, there's a revival. But you guys have to understand, when God says, I'm going to shake everything, he's not kidding. The only way that people can break free from the temporal, is they have to have those things shaken so they start looking beyond the temporal for something eternal. And we have been in that season. Well, we're, we're, now isn't this amazing? I've been with you guys. Now we're on the third part of this. And during the middle of this, I realized, I don't know if you guys saw this, so are you ready to have some truth spoken to you tonight? We had the news constantly stand before you and tell you something going on And they used such extreme language that the spirit of fear got released worldwide. Extreme panic was on people. Extreme panic. To the point now where no one's even functioning normally. Um, I'm out here with you guys just to kind of let you know what's going on in Missouri. We don't have any of these restrictions. I go to the gym every day. I talk with people. Uh, the only people that have to wear masks are the people in the grocery store because they're required to from their business, but no one else does any of those stuff. We sit in restaurants. We visit with each other. We sit outside. We're back to normal. I come out here, I feel like I went back a month ago. Now, are we more immune than you guys are? No, it's the information you're getting out here. All right, so that's, just a, that's a little PA for you. Let's move on. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Let's look at the Lord wants to actually break the spirit of fear over us. Now, I don't know, um, a lot of times because we have uh, religious liberty in the United States as part of our Constitution, we're not used to what other nations face as Christians. You guys, other nations' governments shut down Christianity and persecutes it, and Christians just do Christianity. This is, I can't actually remember one time in human history where... We've actually told the church they can't function from the governmental level. It's amazing. You, you actually get to live in a day and age where you've actually had your government tell you you can't be a believer and get together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you're going, well, why are you telling us that? It's not so that we can go start a riot and leave here and go do all that. I just want to point something out to you. If you've ever seen this from the life of Jesus... When Jesus talked about his own persecution, there were four levels of persecution that came against Jesus to try to get him not to function as the son of God. The first level was a spiritual attack from the devil himself. The next was people persecuting him and mocking him just in the street so that he would shut down stopping in the healing ministry. The third one came where different people would come and threaten him to stop it. Just citizens, people, thugs, would go to try to beat up Jesus. And so the disciples' ministries went from just being trained on how to do the ministry to actually becoming his bodyguard because people were threatening him physically all the time. Now, we we hardly ever do sermons on that because people don't think, everyone just thinks Jesus walked around with people throwing garlands in the air and and worship music going on, and he just kind of gently came in and did what he did. The last form of persecution that came against Jesus, and if you guys recognize this progression, it's because the kingdom of darkness is recognizing it's losing their footing and it doesn't want to, so it increases the intensity of the persecution. The fourth level that Jesus had to face was governmental persecution. So a government actually had to start threatening Jesus. Do you guys realize that right before he went to the cross, government started threatening to kill him? And what did Jesus say to Pilate when Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power to crucify you? And he says, you don't have any power over me. Now that's, uh, I think Jesus might have understood his identity. What do you guys think? Okay, so why are we telling you this? Well, here in Acts chapter 4, Jesus has been raised from the dead. And now it's our turn to live the life of Jesus. And guess what happens? They start doing the miracles of Jesus and here it comes again. You better stop teaching his name or we're going to kill you. And that's where we're entering into the story now. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. And when they had summoned them, this is the religious leaders, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have heard and seen. Now, see what it says? And when they threaten them further, they let them go, finding no basis to punish them. So, this is take this with me. This is people showing the love of God and seeing a person restored that has been crippled their whole entire life, and they're being threatened to be killed because they did that. It's amazing. So they were going to punish him. They couldn't do it because of the account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what happened. For the man was more than 40 years old whom the miracle of healing had been performed. So they released him. And they went to their own companions and reported all the chief priests and elders said to them. Sounds kind of common, doesn't it? When they heard this, they lifted up their voice to the Lord and went in one accord and said, O Lord, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. By whom your Holy Spirit, through the mouth of your uh, mouth of the father David, your servant, said, why do the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of this earth take their stands, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and his Christ. Now, I guess I have a question for you. Do you think that has stopped in human history? All right. That's just... I'm not going to answer that for you i just want you to think about it okay so so for truly in this city we have gathered together your, uh, against your holy servant jesus whom you anointed both herod and pontius Pilate, along with the gentiles and the people of israel to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur and now lord take note of their threats Go, uh, grant your bond sermons may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hands to heal with signs, wonders to take place through your holy servant, Jesus. Now, we had to get through all that to get to the passage I'm going to be focusing on tonight. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they prayed, the place they were to gather together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. All right, let's work through it. So they prayed. Now, they already had a prayer. Now, see, they already prayed once, and they're telling the Lord, hey, you've made all this. You've made these people. They're threatening us. Then they turn, and they and then they pray again, and God responds to their prayer. Now, what's interesting about this word, Prayed is not the original word that's used for, for prayer in the Greek New Testament. It's a different word. It's diomai. And what this means, actually, you guys ready? It means that this has touched them to the core. So their prayer isn't something they've made up in their mind. It's something that has touched them to the core. And you guys ready? The word really isn't prayer. It's begging. So the best translation of this is, should be they prayed once. They reminded the Lord, you've made all this stuff. And then they moved into prayer. And this time they didn't say, hey, give us boldness. They begged God. Okay, so they begged God to do this. They, they get to a place where they say, you have got to do this. We don't have any other options because they're threatening our lives now. Now, what's interesting, let's keep moving on. And it says, and then it was shaken. Now, um, This word is interesting because it's the Greek word that's used that comes from a phenomenon of either wind, storms, or waves, or it's the idea that when the supernatural comes in such power that it it has a response to your body. And this this is actually what we would call normal phenomenons in the book of Acts and in the church age. When the Lord comes in power, it's like a wind or a tidal wave has hit a group of people, they fall on the ground, they, 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 they can't stand under the power of God because of the response of God that has come to them. Now, let's, let's keep moving on because I'm going to share something. It says, and then they were filled. Now, how many of you come from a Pentecostal or an Assembly of God background? Can I just see your hand, a couple of you? So if you come from that background, they teach what's called two forms of baptism. One is what? You get saved. That's first you're baptized in Jesus. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's always like speaking in tongues or something. Now, that's right. That actually did happen in Acts chapter 2. But I want you to understand that that's not the only thing that people did when they got filled with the Spirit. There are constant encounters of God showing up and filling the people of God. And when he filled them, they responded differently according to what God was filling them with. So here, they're being filled with, this is the same word that's used in Acts chapter 2, they were being filled with the Holy Spirit. But did you notice the infilling wasn't to speak in a foreign language to draw a group of people into salvation. It was a filling so that they could have something that they did not naturally possess. So now we need to get to the point. What is it that you have but you need from God and you cannot get it in your own strength? Boldness. It's a it's kind of interesting. Let's take the word fear just for a moment. What is the response of the Bible to fear? It could be love, it could be peace, but it's also boldness. And what's interesting about this passage? Do you guys understand why they're crying out to the Lord now? They're afraid because they've just had their life threatened. So what's going to cause a group of people to get outside of their house and stop being afraid? It has to be something supernatural. It can't be, well, let's go get our guns and shoot them. Now, this is amazing. God comes and he fills them with boldness. Now, this is interesting. If you've never had this experience, it's actually really kind of cool. Once, uh, when I was living out here in Colorado and I was going to Bible college, once our professors started teaching about being filled with the Spirit, we started saying, oh, there are all kinds of things you're supposed to ask God to fill you with the Spirit for. And I remember when um, I got filled, this was like the third time I got filled with the Spirit. And the third time, I actually experienced the Spirit of boldness actually come into my heart, and it actually propelled me to start doing evangelism where I had a fear of doing evangelism before that. Now, what is godly boldness? It's not only the ability to drive out fear. It's a boldness of God's love that transcends everything that will make you afraid of things on the planet. So this, think about this. This season, the Bible's saying, hey, don't don't try to act like you're strong. Stop going that direction. You're not The natural tendency of fallen man is not to be bold or not to be fearful. We're easily afraid of things. The Bible is saying you don't have the ability to do it. I have the ability to do it. Come to me and let me give it to you. This is just like being filled to do the gifts of the Spirit or anything else. If you don't have strength and you're timid, the Bible is saying that's a weakness of fallen man. You don't have the ability to think the right thoughts to get to a place of boldness. You have to come to me and I'll give it from myself to you, and it will be so strong that you'll overcome all your fear. Now, you guys know this from Scripture, right? Doesn't it tell us that when we say perfect love casts out all fear? Well, let's, let's explore that. Let's explore that as a believer and think about that. If perf- perfected love is actually what it's saying. So there are dimensions of God's love that are so powerful that anything that you're afraid of, God can help you overcome to where you, you guys, you're supposed to be laughing at fear, not hiding in your house going, oh God, is this going to come to me? Now, can, do we all want to be honest tonight or do we want to play games? All of us struggle with fears at some level. You're not supposed to be shamed over that. You're not to beat yourself up over that because you don't have the Bible's telling you. You don't have the ability to get past this. He does. So you go to him. You cry out for something only he can give. And not only will he give you through his perfected love, not only will he give you the ability not to be afraid, you actually rise above it. Now, this is what's interesting in the kingdom. You rise above it, and the very thing that you were dominated for, you become an overcomer of, and now you get to laugh at it as you beat it up. Um, I was talking with some people about this this morning, so think about this with me when it comes to the love of God and how powerful it is. The Bible uses what we would call things that we're afraid of, and then it contrasts it with love. So I asked everybody, what is it everyone's afraid of? And in unison, everybody jumped to their feet. COVID 19! No, that's not what they did. I'm just having fun with you. <laughs> I said, what's the ultimate fear that everybody has? And everyone ha- uh, going in debt. No, that's not the ultimate fear. I said, really, what are we all really afraid of? Death. Well, the Bible actually uses death and then it contrasts the love of God to death. Now, I'm sure you guys have seen this before. Are you ready? God says, what's stronger than death? His love. So there's something about the love of God being expressed to you and I. And if you've never experienced and and no one has ever taught you this, you wouldn't actually realize that's waiting for you. God has said the biggest thing that man is afraid of is dying. And God's love is more powerful than death to where God can actually make you laugh at death, not even think about death, and conquer death. Love, the love of God. That's what gives you the boldness to stand in these days. Um, I know that we have a pand- We actually have pandemics every year. By the way, if you've never been trained on pandemics, all it means is diseases are worldwide. The flu is every year we have a pandemic of the flu. Because it goes around the world. I was in Africa and they were, they were having a pandemic over there while I was over there. Now, are you guys ready? Why didn't I just kind of shake in my boots the whole entire? Oh, I can't believe God sent me to Africa. I'm gonna die in that. Why didn't I do that? I did do that the first night. So, what did the Lord do? The Lord came to me. I, I just admitted to him, I'm afraid. God came and took. Now, this only the God can do this. He took the fear, filled me with His love, and it, it it got rid of the fear. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't wait to be with the people that were sick, because I realized something greater was in this equation to stand in this time. Do you guys see what's going on in human history? We're living it right now, and it's, sometimes it's hard to get a perspective of what's going on. But right now, before this happened, I don't know if you guys were, I I think I said something to you, but before this happened, did you realize that in 20 different cities in the United States, owners of football stadiums were going to open up this year to have prayer and festivals to the Lord right before this happened? This was the first time in American history that had ever happened. Well, what do you think came against that? And what method do you think they used to make sure that was shut down? That wasn't from the Lord. And so the enemy decided to stop that. He was going to bring intense fear. Uh, if we don't really wrestle with flesh and blood, if we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, you'll see where the source of where this stuff is coming from. Now, there has to be a people that rise above what we see right now and live and function in a different nature. If you're afraid, don't don't act like you're not. Be honest with the Lord. These guys all knew their lives were being threatened. They knew. They didn't put on a show and say, well, we don't believe we're not afraid. They said, God, we are. Do something about it. And God responded to them. See, this is the amazing thing about God's love when it comes in regard to this concept. God never asked you to perform or act like you're something you're not. When you lack something, he's the sufficient one to give you. So if I can't love people well, I don't take 20 courses on how to do it better. I go to the Lord and go, I stink at loving people well. Help me. And then the lover of humanity comes and loves me in such a way that I can actually learn to love people well. Uh, this is simple to say. If I can't heal a person, which any of you have the ability to heal people? You're all just looking at me. I don't know how to answer that question. No, you don't. You can't raise people from the dead. I, I don't know anyone that can do it on their own. So where does that ability come from? It comes from the Lord. So... What's amazing about talking about this with people, in the middle of this, I, I, this whole thing, I was actually mad for the first month and a half, and then I started watching everybody just in a pandemic of fear, and I'm looking at that, and the Lord's saying, hey, Brian, I want you to learn why people are going this direction with this. I want you to help them get past this thing. I want to help you get past this thing. So I'm on my own little quest right now of how important truth is and how important it is to be filled with boldness in seasons where everyone else is afraid. And God is wanting to do that for you. So, guys, I'm going to end it tonight simply to tell you God has sent me here to pray for you to get the power of fear broken and that God's love will minister to you at such a level you're past this. Would you join me in prayer? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, just like they did in Acts, we stand before you. We don't have the ability to get past this. You do. Lord, take note of the time that we live in right now. Take note of what is going on in our culture that you called us to live in. Take note of what's going on inside of us, Lord, and we ask that you would extend your hand to us right now, do signs and wonders, and release boldness back to us so that we can present the good news of your Son to people around us. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your power. Release your power. Now, all the thoughts that have been harassing them, all that assault the enemy tries to get them with, what if? What if God doesn't do this? I break the power of that right now. And I ask, Lord, you told us that you'd given us a spirit and to have a sound mind. Give us back protection of our mind. Let us put on the helmet of salvation again. And let us walk in these things. Now, Lord... I pray this on a nightly basis. I invite my brothers and sisters into this prayer with me. Would you break the power of intimidation that is constantly coming against our culture? Would you set us free from the captivity of fear? And would you release liberty back into our nation, God, and peace? Go to our leaders and set them free from the spirit of fear and bring liberty through leadership, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. We'll just do this simply. Paula said she was going to pray for people specifically, but if you have any need physically that you want the Lord to touch, would you just stand for a moment? I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Okay? Now, if you need to touch some part of your body or something like that, and it's not embarrassing, just do that. Put your hand on wherever you need the Lord to minister to you, and let's just welcome him. Okay, Holy Spirit, come right now. Bring your power and your presence. Just bring your power, Lord. Now, Lord, surely you bore our infirmities, and you carried away our diseases. So come and bear this up off of us. I Break the power of disease and infirmity over you. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come in your power right now to these people. I command the pain to lift off them. I command the weakness and the infirmity to leave them right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask that you would go into these parts of their bodies and their organs and that you would restore them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now bless them, Lord. Holy Spirit, more power. More power. We need you, Lord, more power. Thank you, mighty one. Bless your name. I bless your name, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Your name again? Yeah. Emma. yeah that's right, Emma. Would you stand for a minute, Emma? So uh, do you guys all go to school together or something like that? We to be I'm sorry? Okay, so this, this girl, what's your name? Hi, I'm Abby. Hi, Abby. Uh, actually, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the Holy Spirit's actually resting on all three of you. So would you just kind of stand up real quick? Okay, so you need to understand that while I was talking about this, you might not even been paying attention to me, but the Spirit of the Lord has been working on you, and he wanted me to tell you that he's releasing a fire inside of you guys, yeah. and, and in such an intense way that you're going to be like a first fruit of what God's actually doing. So you guys just put out your hands and receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome the fire of your presence over your children right now. Now release over them love in such an intense way that they look like a different person let your love come lord you're gonna to have to forgive me i asked your guys's name and then i forget them what was your name again abby you're going to actually uh move in such intense love and it's going to be for people's restoration of their soul god is going to bring you into a restoration ministry for healing that you're going to actually begin to have the spirit of counsel resting on you. And when you speak, people are going to start finding a refreshing of wholeness come to their souls and the, and the, struck, the, the stuff they struggle with in their mind. God has his hand on you to set the captives free. And so, Lord, we just bless that work you're doing in Abbey. We say yes to what you're doing, O oh Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. 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 And uh, what uh, is, it, is it? I'm sorry? Megan. Megan. Uh, Holy Spirit, we just bless what you're doing in Megan. Megan... Uh, you also have the spirit of counsel on you, but it's actually the ability to teach. The Lord is going to use you as a person that teaches people. And it's not only just talking at them, you're going to be like a mentor to them. And the fire of God's presence is going to come into you in such a way that you're going to grow in the spirit of revelation and things that used to be difficult for you. God is going to actually take you through this adventure of unveiling himself to you and things that seem hard, you're going to understand it because a person has made himself known to you. And, and Lord, I just, this, open this door right now. Uh, this stuff about her traveling around the world and everyone says it can't happen. I break the power of that right now. And I ask that you let her walk into her destiny and give her a dynamite that she's never experienced before right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then I'm, I'm doing it again. What's your daughter's name? Emma. Uh, Emma, out of all three of them, I actually saw the Holy Spirit throw a match on you, and it's like you just went and caught on fire. And I'm like, wow, what's that? And and the Lord said, your your, your burning is going to be intense. It's going to be intercessory, and then it's going to be breaking people free of stuff, and you're going to come into seasons of being in groups and and crying out for the, the things of God, and then you're going to watch God do them in front of you. God has called you to be a birther of Fire in people's lives. so Holy Spirit, just release that right now. I bless the work you're doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I ask that this this setting a match would be released over her right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, thank you. Wow, where do we go from there? So, Lord, I just bless you. I thank you. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you, Paulo. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, and I ask that. the, the beginning of flames would intensify. We ask for an increase of it, God. Get us as we go home. Chase us into our bedrooms. Knock us down. Set us on fire. In the name of Jesus, amen.